Everybody, welcome back to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your host today, TJ and Zach. Hey, hey, hey! So it's still too early in the season to get into like real Tuesday trends. We want trends to actually start happening. I think what the the leader in games played is like three games at this point. Sample size, guys. Sample size. So we're we're hitting the brakes on the Mark Andre flurries, the Nino Niederreiters, the Steven Stamkos. Uh, obviously, the shooting percentages and save percentages they'll even out but uh yeah we just want to get a little more data before we get into the true tuesday trends nature of the show today what we're going to do is we're just going to look at different kinds of trends not like sustainability trends we're going to look at trends through every single team in the nhl one little storyline that's happening on each team have a take we're going to try and uh what do you want to call it like tommy gun this episode just real oh, bing bang boom conglomeration it's <laughs> just- it's a lot so uh, let's get into it. Fire, so, boys. That's I think that's the word I was looking for. Rapid fire, which is Tommy Gun esque. I mean, that's I so. what a Tommy it's Gun close does. It's close enough. It's not like we're a fucking crossbow here. So the the, the reload is going to be much C. quicker. So we're five hole. You can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. You can jump in the Fantasy Hockey Discord. Well over two thousand members at this point. Uh, lots of fun. Always bumping in there. Well, let's get into uh, injuries here. Finally, we're getting to the point where. You know, we got through that initial injury list, and it was huge. Now it should just be updates and stuff like that. So we're kind of getting back into the swing of things all around going into week two here. Uh, Starting off, Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, out four to six weeks. Look for Kubali to take that top-line nod. Um, And then you have uh, Zadina. Zadina is on the second now and top power play. Um, And I know you guys talked uh, pretty much about Soderblom last week, number one, BFG certified. Certified. Um, but also on that top par- power play now, too. And that is because Jakob Verana, he is out for personal reasons right now. It's a little unclear as to why I tried to do some digging, and there's really not much really out there. Uh, so all I know is personal reasons. Robbie Fabry, he is back on the ice. Still don't be expecting him back anytime soon. He's going to be still out until January. But him getting back on the ice after that ACL tear is definitely a good sign. You know, he's going to have to get that up and running. You know what I mean? He's got to he's got to start cranking that engine. Um, so it's good to see him on the ice. Nick Schmaltz, six to eight weeks. And, and that was, you know, one of the few bright spots that you had there in Arizona. Um, so if Nick Schmaltz is 100% a drop now for me, it, you know, it, it's early in the year. So maybe you might have some IR, IR plus area, uh, some leeway. You can throw them in there now. But if you have people that you hold more in higher regard than Nick Schmaltz to start take to put into that IR if you need to, you know, I'm I'm fine personally with dropping Nick Schmaltz. Yep. Jake Allen, um, he's on parental leave. 
Um, he's not going to play in the game tonight. Today is Monday. Um, they're playing Pittsburgh tonight, so don't expect to see him. But he welcomed his third child to the family. So congrats, congrats Jake buddy. Allen. Good for you. Um, as Ge- Evgeny Kuznetsov is actually going to be a game time decision for tonight. We're actually doing this this episode early. We're recording way earlier than usual. Usually we're recording like 10, 1030 at night. It's it daytime. Is, yeah, it's daytime. It's still light out. It's 530 in, in, uh, in the evening. Uh, instead of night, so a lot we're going to get to watch you know, the games. It's going to be great. Yeah, a lot of times uh, I usually write this stuff as okay. So check if this person actually did play or not. So honestly, I don't know if he's going to play. He's a game time decision. So by the time this comes out tomorrow, he might have played tonight, but he also might not have. Um, so check in the morning, see if he played. <laughs> Same for Matty Zooked. He's a he's a game time decision. I think. Uh, one thing I will say about uh, Washington, look for Lars Eller to maybe slot into that top spot, or not top spot, but top six spot if uh, if Kuznetsov is out. Let me let me stop you there. It was McMichael. So the second line is Mantha, McMichael, and Oshi. Oshi, who's actually averaging like three shots a game right now. So there's, there's a little trend right there. That's unfortunate. That's Lars Eller's spot. Usually, yeah. But McMichael, he was an extra, you know, for so long. Um, you know, they're just tossing him in there. Good spot. Like, this is going to be one of those games where you watch him and it's a real litmus test of whether or not, uh, you know, he can stick. Good opportunity for the kid. Okay, and then you kind of brought this one up real quick, too. Matt Zuccarello also out with an undisclosed injury. He left this morning skate. So Monday morning, he left skate um, and did not return. So we're not really sure what's going on there, but likely I'm not expecting to see him right away. Um, he has four points in two games on that top line. Uh, if Matt's is out for, you know, any decent amount of time. We're looking for Matt Boldy. Come on. All right, let's get Yay. into uh let's get into rapid fire time. Hey, eh? we're gonna we're gonna do it alphabetically. So uh stick around if you want to hear about Winnipeg, but we're gonna start out with Anaheim where uh, Ryan Strom and Troy Terry are just off to a really hot start. Uh, Strom's 19%. McTavish as well. He's on the top power play. Six shots on goal through two games played. He's got a point. He's 31% roster. Troy Terry is like, I think he's like 78% or or something way up there. Where is he at? Uh, yeah, 78%. So we're not like, we're not picking him up, but uh, let's talk about Strom. Let's talk about McTavish. Who would you rather have there? One thing I want to bring up real quick. Do you remember before the season started, in the summer, I was telling you, I still like Troy Terry this year. And you guys made fun of me. Well, Now, I know it's early in the year. Yeah. I know it's early in the year, and we don't exactly expect, you know, maybe this and what's happening right now to just last the entire 82 games. But I might be looking for an apology in a couple of weeks. Okay, you would get it if you didn't, if you gave context. Because I think you probably deserve to get made fun of when you said you like Troy Terry. It was probably there was probably a take that happened after that, like oh he'll get you know thirty five goals again or whatever, and maybe I don't buy that. No part of me doesn't like Troy Terry. I just think he got off to way too hot a start last year, and that carried most of his stats. Um, See, you don't even know the context in which it happened because I would yeah. like I, I want to go but, back and listen to some some episodes, but you can't just right, say you I was saying it. he was going to get thirty five goals. I don't think I don't think that's going to happen either. I guarantee it was justified. Troy Terry going to get twenty five goals though. All right. So Strom or McTavish, who would you rather have at this point? Ryan Strom. 
Yeah, me too. The minutes are there. The shots might not be there. I think in a multi-cat, I would probably prefer Mason McTavish. He's also a winger versus just a straight center for Ryan Strom. But if we're looking for streamers like, you know, Strom, McTavish, depending on what you're looking for and what positions you have open, those are good guys to look at in Anaheim. Ryan Strom is just one of those guys that I've had on my team uh, for different years. like, And he's always done me well. So I am some sort of a Ryan Strom apologist. I like him. All right, Arizona. Nick Schmaltz out six to eight weeks like we were talking at the top of the show. Do you, at this point, like Clayton Keller, is there any hope for this guy? He was uh, so close to point per game last year. You know, it doesn't look good right now. It's Lawson Krause could be on that top line for the interim. I don't know. Like, what, what's your take on Clayton Keller right now? I think that Clayton Keller is still going to be the the best option on that entire team. But losing Nick Schmaltz, Nick Schmaltz is a legit NHL player. He could he would be on any other team. If he got dropped tomorrow by by Arizona, he would be on another NHL team. He is a NHL for sure. Yeah. So it's going to be a big loss. And they don't have the, you know, they don't have the depth. They don't, yeah. You know, Nick Ritchie isn't going to keep on scoring goals like he like he did the first couple of games. You know, I don't believe that. No, I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that. That, yeah. that. And I don't think that's a hot take either. But maybe I'll apologize for that one in a couple of weeks. But no, Nick Ritchie ain't going to keep getting two goals a game and shit. And I don't think that uh, I, I like he's Lawson a legit NHLer a too. I think that he's, he's a legit, a legit NHLer. NHLer. He is not a legit top six NHLer though. Yeah, that I'll agree with. All right, so there are a couple bright spots in Arizona. My take on Clayton Keller would be, you know, if if he winds up bottom of your roster, the the ceiling is still there. So I'm not dropping after two games or simply just because Nick Schmaltz is out with an injury. Uh, I want to give it a chance because Lawson Krause is somebody that can put the puck in the net. Uh, and given this opportunity, he's he's excelled in that role before. And he, he pounds hits down everybody's throat. So uh, there, there's some value there, especially in a multi-cat league. Uh, the bright spots that I was referring to are Shane Goss despair and 22-year-old mm-hmm. 2021 second-round draft pick J.J. Moser. These are your two top power play defenseman here, and they are leading the team in points through two games. Nick Ritchie also inside that top three with two goals, both against Pittsburgh, like you said. Um, He's seeing good power play percentage, shot on goal volume. But what I'm looking at here is J.J. Moser, a ton of time on ice, a ton. Uh, I looked it up. I think he's like top six, maybe top five. It comes up later in the show, Uh, but he's top five in time on ice, average time on ice. And uh, if that trend continues, that's something that I'm going to be monitoring for sure. A ton of time on ice, three hits, three blocks. Both points are on the power play. Somebody to keep an eye on. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying go pick him up if you're in a deep enough league. Sure, give him a shot. Those D-men, they dry up quick. And J.J. Moser could provide some short-term value. And during that short-term, maybe it turns into long-term. But uh, all I'm saying is there's a small trend that's happening right now. Something to keep your eye on. This is a watch list guy for me. I wish his name was pronounced Janice instead of Giannis. Huh. All right, Boston. Because it would be maybe. like the Janison Syndicate from 007. Is there anything else in Arizona that you're? I mean, like Carol Vimelka is just going to chug shots for the rest of the season. He's going to see so many shots. Um, volume leagues, sure, but uh, I even dropped him, and we're in a volume league. Uh, Shane Gossespierre is definitely is definitely the the pickup from that team. 
for sure. I mean, he he should have been drafted. I, I he's still a power play quarterback on the number one power play. It's not on the great team, but he's shown I, the I, the fact that he can still get points on that team. Tell you what, I'll bring him up a little later because I, I think there's something I'll tie Gostas Bear into. Boston, the check line looks hot. That's Zaka, that's uh, Krejci, and Pasternak. Not sure what's going to happen uh, when the lineup is healthy. And on that, Brad Marchand is skating in a regular jersey. Now, don't go getting too excited. It doesn't mean that he's going to skate next week. It doesn't mean he's going to skate this week. Matt Grizzlick has been skating in a regular jersey for a while now, hasn't played. All I'm saying on Brad Marchand is that it's it's very good progress. You know, December was the original timeline. And here it is mid-October, and he's already in a regular jersey. So keep an eye on that. Following David the same, is up to 27%. As he should. Um, y'all, better, y'all better get on this. Like, this will be the one where I just jam down people's throats and, until it finally happens and he's over 50%. Then I'll still probably talk about him. I was, I was just talking to somebody on Twitter, and I just want to make sure that we're saying this. His value is mostly in points leagues. Like a center only that's just assists and power play points in a Cats league, it's it's hard to fit him in. Fair but enough. in points leagues, it's he's out there. Uh, Matt Grizzlick's on the mend. He's skating. He's got a regular jersey on. I'm just keeping my eye on what happens on that top power play with Hans, Hampus Lindholm. Uh, Jake DeBrusque is out right now. Craig Smith on the top line. So that's it. That's all I got for Boston. There's nothing really trendy uh, until this lineup gets healthy. Buffalo it is. I wish I wish that Raj was here to talk about Rasmus Dahlin. Don't you? Or is that yeah. just me? I wish Rasmus that I could Dahlin. talk about Raj or talk these with kids, Raj about Dahlin. These kids are doing good. Uh, JJ Paterka has got two points through two games. I've been trying to get my hands on him in Dynasty. It's just he's not on the block anywhere. And when I say anywhere, it's just I've never seen him on the block. People just they don't want to trade him. It's nuts. Uh, Darlene's got three points. Olafson and Tuck both have two points through these two games. You know, Tuck's got some strong showings. Uh, last episode, I said it was Ukapekalukanen that got the start. And I guess it was Eric Comrie. I have no idea where I heard that UPL was the goalie that was going to start. Maybe it was, uh, maybe I misread a tweet like he was playing for the minor league team or whatever. But yes, Eric Comrie is the backup goalie. Uh, their power play, man. Looks like a 50-50 split, and you got eight skaters between 43 and 51% power play share. Only Darlene has more than 60% of the power play at this point. So is there anything worth keeping your eye on? Uh, I know you're a huge fan of Olafsson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what are you looking at in Buffalo? I like goals. I, I do. I like goals, and his name is Victor Golofsson for a reason. You know, he, he has a great shot. Um, he is still on that top line. I don't, I don't see why anybody wouldn't like that. And not that anybody's going to be able to pick up Rasmus Dahlin. I just felt like Raz and Raj for a little bit. What I like about uh, Dylan Cousins here is I think he was getting like a shit ton of power play time. I got I to gotta double check on this one because I'm not exactly sure that's true. But I remember like seeing something about Cousins and thinking it was pretty interesting. So let's check that out. Cousins, yeah, I guess he's on... Power play one. I do he's like got a the... possible um, Casey Middlestat down the way. He's yeah. up to uh, he's up yeah. to top power play as of right now. He doesn't have any points yet in the two games played, but I do like Middlestat. He's getting so far this year three extra minutes time on ice. Yep. And we always look at the correlation between extra time on ice and extra stats. It's weird how that happens. 
Three minutes is a lot of fucking minutes. A lot. Amongst forwards, he's leading power play time on ice so far through two games. So he's got three and a half minutes um, more than any other forward. You know, Victor Olofsson right behind him, Jeff Skinner, and then there is Dylan Cousins with three minutes, 24 seconds. So, you know, by way of whatever, that's your that's your top power play. Calgary, you know, Kadri looks like a really good fit. That Battle of Alberta, he had a breakaway goal. It, it's working. There are six skaters above point point per game or better through two games. And Kadri and Michael Stone, who to thunk it, are uh, above point per game early in the season. You might have seen Michael Stone on the top power play uh, in the Battle of Alberta, but that's only because um, Rasmus Anderson got hit into the boards, cracked his conk, uh, cracked his head, and uh, wound up had to go through like concussion protocol and that's where Michael Stone was. So nothing really to report there. Carolina, Jarvis, Nietzsche's looking really good. And it, again, it's another split power play. Aho is seeing 57% of the power play time. Svetch is seeing 47. So there's really not too much disparity between power play one and power play two. Uh, are you worried at all about Brent Burns? He's averaging four shots on goal per game, 23 minutes, no points yet. No, I'm not. I mean, I, I, you know, I guess I was probably the the least high on Burns going into this year out of all three of us, and I still think that he's going to have a good year. I just think it hasn't happened. It hasn't clicked just yet. You know what I mean? Calm down on that one. But if if you wanted to get frisky and try to trade your local Brent Burns owner, you know what I mean? Hey, I got this Rasmus Dahlin. I'll trade. I'll trade you him for Brent Burns right now. And I'll even throw in an extra player just to sweeten the deal a little bit. I feel like that would that be... actually doesn't sound so bad. You know what I mean? I think that's something you might be able to pull off. In Chicago, I mean, there's nothing really to report here. Uh, Seth Jones is sixth in time on ice per game played so far. Here's J.J. Moser. He is fourth. And you got Tony D'Angelo at fifth. Dowdy is number one. Quinn Hughes, number two. Shabbat, number three. So we're seeing a lot of time on ice for a lot of these defensemen. J.J. Moser being the most surprising there. Uh, Jones is averaging three hits, just under three blocks a game. Uh, The points haven't really started yet. Patty Kane only one point through, uh, what, three games. Uh, Sam Lafferty, Tyler Johnson, and Jason Dickinson are leading the team uh, with three points. Jason Dickinson having done that in only one game played. Uh, Two of Sam Lafferty's goal. Taze has two goals. All right. Yeah, I think Taze is pretty interesting for this team. Uh, Patty Kane's going to get going. Um, I don't know if we're going to see like a true Patrick Kane type season, but, uh, you know, he's not going to be. People are getting worried, and uh, you might be able to cash in on that. Uh, Two of Lafferty's goals came shorthanded in the same game, which doesn't happen very often. So, I don't know. Is there anything to be had with like Tyler Johnson, Jason Dickinson, Sam Lafferty? I think Tyler Johnson might be the most interesting. I mean, interesting, I guess I'll give you, but I'm not going to lie. I'm not looking to to be streaming Chicago offensive players, at least not right now. I need to, I'm not doing it on a whim. I'm going to take one of these guys that we already see are hot and available. Colorado, this one is uh, plain and simple. The top power play, I mean, it's feast or famine. So the guys that are on the top power play are producing the guys that are off the top power play, it's like Devontae's has two points and somebody else has like one point and then it just drops off entirely. So it's, as of right now, it's Lekkinen, Nishushkin, and the big guys. That's it. I don't know. I guess if we had to rank like the, the rest of them, who would you like? 
I mean, I guess you got to start out talking about Evan Rodriguez and Alex Newhook, and they both have zero points through through both of these games. Um, so you are not wrong in the least when you say it's those top line guys that are getting everything. And you you would think that you know, Kadri put a ton of goals out there from that second line center spot, which is where Newhook is right now, not producing. Evan Rodriguez. Last year was Burakovsky. Put a ton of points up on the board. Rodriguez, we would think, would slot right into that spot really easily on top of the fact that they actually play very similar styles of game. So it's just not happening yet. They would have to be the top two. I would put Rodriguez number one, Alex Newhook number two. And then you can still throw in, you know, um, a Samuel Gerrard in there or even an Eric Johnson for, uh, you know, for Banks. Or even Curtis McDermott, he's got 13 hits through two games played. What's concerning for me about Alex Newhook is he's won three face-offs and he's lost 14. That's a good way to get demoted as a center. It's like Jack Roslavic level. And on that, I think we're up to, uh, we're on to Columbus where Jack Roslavic is on the top power play now with uh, Boone Jenner, Gustav Nyquist, uh, Johnny Gaudreau, and Zach Wierenski. So there's a lot of youth here. There's a lot of changes as they try to find something that works without line A there. Uh, power play two, Kent Johnson, Jake Voracek, Justin Danforth, uh, Igor Chinnikov, and Jake Bean. So with Nyquist seeing some reps on the top line as well, top line, top power play, are we going to start talking about Gustav Nyquist as somebody worth streaming? I don't see why not. He seems to, you know, he always comes up whenever he's got that type of, he himself is just like a, a coin flip. You never know what you're going to get. And uh, he'll either hit or do absolutely nothing. Yeah, you know that's what a streamer is. You're 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 hoping to get. You know, if you're streaming points, Gustav Nyquist is a possible point getter. You know, what I mean, I still think I like Boone Jenner better in that situation because you're getting a little bit of everything, um, and you you have the you have a good chance of points. Obviously, you only he only has one assist in three games. But I'm not worried about that. If he's going to stick on that top line, which so far it looks like he is as of right now, um, but he's still going to get you the hits. He's still going to get you the blocks, you know? And Let's uh, talk about Boone Jenner real quick. He has won 47 face-offs. He's lost 19. So that those are very good numbers. Very, fantastic numbers. Very good numbers. And Sheesh. on top of the fact that the, the goals are going to come, he's also over three shots on goal per game. Like, it's going to happen. And those are the kind of things that you have to look at. Somebody who's shooting on goal three times a game, um, who is getting over 20 minutes time on ice, almost 21 minutes, obviously has a great face-off percentage. That's who you want as a top you know, center, especially for somebody on a power play. It makes a lot of sense. You'll want to control that puck right away on the power play. I, I, it, I'm not worried. It's going to happen. I'm going to stick to this one. I've found myself... Leaning Jenner on a lot of polls inside the Discord is like being the the streamer spot. Uh, the the ceiling obviously comes down without Line A there, but it's not to say that Boone Jenner is a drop for everybody because there's going to be leagues where he is more valuable than others. Um, you know, it's just the way it happens. His his outlook is nowhere near as good as it was with with Line A, and and yeah, Gustav Nyquist is is no fucking Line A. So it's also a long season. So you know, in a month from now. Or well, a month and a half. You know that that ceiling is going to go back up. Moving on to Dallas, there's a lot to like here. Sagan, Marchment, uh, you know, Rupe, Rupe Hintz, 
Jason Robertson are doing their shit again. Pavelski's not far behind. Uh, what I have noticed here is that they're going 50-50 power play. That's a Pete DeBoer thing. You know, Miro Heiskanen leads the team in power play percentage, and he's got 51.4% of the power play. And Nils Lundqvist is power play two quarterback, and he's got 51.3. That is 0.1% less than your top power play QB. We're only two games in, so, you know, things could very well change, but it's something to keep an eye on. Like, we wanted to see Heiskanen unleashed, and, you know, Klingberg's on the way out, DeBoer's on the way in, and Miro, for all its you know, given him is 15 more seconds of power play time on ice. So I don't know, like that's a bad trend to be seeing with Heiskanen could be a good buy low time. If you, if you throw these stats at a Heiskanen owner, because again, there's 80 games left of the season. Uh, There's plenty of time for things to change. Yeah. All right. Detroit, man, Bertuzzi out and they are truly fucking with the lineup based on that. Uh, Cider and Larkin have been split up on the power play. Larkin and Raymond also split up on the power play. The Larkin, like, I don't even know which one to call power play one. They're they're both pretty fucking even. Yeah, they are. So, again, this one looks like a 50-50 split to me. Uh, The Larkin unit has Phil Horonic, Oscar Sundquist, uh, David Perron, and Dominic Kubelik. Kubelik also on the top line, like you said, at the top of the show. Uh, so I, I think he's an intriguing ad, you know, based on the deployment with Bertuzzi out. I, again, I want to call this power play one time, but the power, the other power play looks badass too. So I don't know. He's getting line one time with Raymond and uh, Larkin. So the cider unit, that's where you're going to find Elmer Soderblom, uh, Philip Zadina, Andrew Kopp, and Lucas Raymond. So this is that split talent. I think it's going to be a split power play. Uh, so something to keep an eye on as they iron things out without Tyler Bertuzzi. But, uh, you know, w- what you read on Dominic Kubelik here. I actually like the talent better on the second, the quote-unquote second power play. With Cider? Yeah, I think that might be the one that sees a little more time. So it's a good time for, like, Elmer Soderblom. He's going to be on the net front. There's a lot of dirty goals to be had there. Uh, but it does look like it's probably going to be 50-50. And they got Zadina on the second line. So Soderblom's still on the third line with Rasmussen and uh, Oscar Sundqvist. But again, just keep an eye on what's what's happening there. And we've seen Oscar Sundqvist look downright holdable for a little while last year while he was with the Blues. So, I mean, it, you know, he goes to Detroit. And this is a completely revamped Detroit team. Like, you can't take anything from last year into consideration for this year. They are just a different team. And you can see it when you watch them, too. They just look completely different because they are. All right, Edmonton. Uh, Dylan Holloway is getting thrown all over the place. Uh, but we did have a submission here for, for Tuesday Trends um, asking if Ryan Nugent Hopkins would ever get in the top six. And um, that seems the question a here, like, a little literally the there. only thing that's keeping him relevant is his top power play deployment. Like nobody wants a three C if we're talking, you know, 12 team leagues or whatever, seeing Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the third line hurts. It's like Warren Fogle and I forget who else. Maybe it's Holloway, but um, the top power play is the only thing that's keeping him there. And I, I believe Jay Woodcroft really wants to run three strong centers down the middle. So I don't know. What's your pulse on RNH here? Makes me upset. You know, uh, any of our, you know, people that have listened to us for a while know what I think about RNH. 
I'm upset. I'm always upset because they do this all the fucking time where they put him down on the third line. I really wish that it would just be, you know, Kane, McDavid, question mark, usually probably Hyman, and then Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, also question mark. Don't care who those other question marks are, but he should be the the second line left winger. Just should be. And they need to stop fucking around with it. Because then they're losing these then they're losing these stupid games. They're always fucking with the goddamn the goddamn lines constantly. Constantly. It's like every damn day they're different. Except they always want to put everyone wants to put Nugent Hopkins on the third line. And I get it, but they don't have the depth around all of the they don't have the depth in the wingers to play a St. Louis Blues style offense where you can have that that three deep down the center because they don't have the wing depth. They just don't. I I think I'm right there with you. Like I'm looking at Ryan Nugent Hopkins stats right now. He's got no points. He's got four shots through two games. He's got three hits uh, and his time on ice is actually pretty good. And that's, you know, the top power play guys are getting the bulk of the, the time. Like you just put those top power play guys out there and they leave them out there. So if he was converting on the power play, I think it would be different. But again, we're going to come back to this one more time, 80 games left of the season. So there's a lot of time left for things to click. I want to move on to Evan Bouchard because there, we, we just had a really good question and maybe, maybe it was something I wanted to say for the mailbag, but I think it fits really well here. Uh, Kalen Addison, Evan Bouchard, obviously the ceiling goes to Bouchard, you know, long-term, maybe very long-term who knows. But Kalen Addison has the top power play right now. From a redraft perspective, one-year league, who would you rather be waiting on, Evan Bouchard or Kalen Addison? And I guess I guess what we're saying, like waiting on with Kalen Addison, is for him to start converting. He's got one point. He's got no shots, uh, no periphery, really. I think maybe he has one block. But are you waiting on Evan Bouchard to, to get the top power play, or are you waiting for Ev- uh, Kalen Addison to start doing stuff? I like Evan Bouchard better than Kalen Addison. I know everybody is just up in up of themselves about Kalen Addison, and I'm just not there. I'm sorry. I know I know you like him, too. And it's not that I don't like him. I like them both, yeah. You're definitely higher on him than I am. But that's also maybe because I'm pretty fucking high on Bouchard. Because other than Tyson Berry, who I don't really think fits in in Edmonton in the first place, that's what I'm waiting for, for Bear to get traded. That's all I'm waiting for, oh. as, long as, the, as long as they don't trade. as uh, And I no, because I don't think that Darnell Nurse is a is a power play one quarterback, if that's what you were all in about. No, I just, I think if like, if they take Tyson Berry off the power play, he serves literally no purpose. So I think they have him there just because that's what he does. Exactly. That's why I said he needs to get traded. They need to, they need to, Get a, a real defenseman. So I think between Addison and Bouchard right now, like if you had to cut one, God, this sucks. I guess I would be cutting Bouchard, to be honest with you. Like from a one-year league, here's the thing. I, I'm going to give it a couple more games. One-year league standpoint, I guess you could talk me into it. I just like Bouchard better as a player. So do I. And if we're talking dynasty, it's Bouchard all day. From a one-year league, just waiting it out, first thing I'm going to say is... I don't suggest dropping either of them for the next three games. Like I want to give Addison another three games. I feel like the two games that Minnesota has played has not been Minnesota hockey. They have just not looked right. Uh, You can hear it in the comments of Flurry on his own performance or Zuccarello. He's like, we're playing like a fucking uh, junior team. 
So, you know, tensions are high. They want to change things. They're going up against Colorado tonight. It's going to be a real true test. Like that rivalry, that's badass. That's the game I'm watching tonight. I want to give Addison another three games. Uh, in one league, I have both of them. Like I just took flyers on both of them. Bouchard winds up on my bench a lot, but uh, like I'm not ready because I don't think Minnesota is playing Minnesota hockey. So I, I want to see what he looks like when the team's playing as they should. Uh, so with both of them, I'm I'm waiting a few few more games. But if you don't have bench, like if if you just can't wait around, I think Bouchard's probably the drop because you have a chance of of getting him back on the waiver wire uh, when eventually if. Like maybe it's not a win this year, but if he gets top power play and Addison already has it. So, you know, I give the edge to, to Addison right now, just based on that. All right, Florida, let's uh, let's put the rapid and rapid fire here. Brandon Montour leads Florida skaters in power play time on ice. He's got one power play goal, four shots through two games, only trails Ekblad in all strengths time on ice. Sam Reinhart pummeling shots in Matty Kachuk, uh, you know, doing a, his thing as well, leads the team in points. What's interesting is just Sam Bennett hasn't done shit, and uh, people are getting worried. What would you say to Sam Bennett owners? He's seventy-two percent rostered. He's got no stats. He's minus three, two penalty minutes, two hits, two blocks through two games. Not a Sam Bennett stat line. Number one, you can't drop him. Number two, it wouldn't really even be smart to trade him either because you're trading him way below of what his you know proposed value would be. All right, so you're not getting back what you would want for Sam Bennett. Number number three, I love Brandon Montour. He is such an under-the-radar kind of player that you never really hear about. But when you're looking and seeing who scored the goals and who's on the assists and stuff like that, he's just a name that you constantly see. But he doesn't get the, you know, the the limelight that, you know, Aaron Eckblad is fantastic. You ain't gonna get an Aaron Eckblad. And if you trade for him, you're gonna have to pay for him. Brandon Montour, great pickup. I like it. Here's one for you. I'm going to tie this one back in. Brandon Montour, Kalen Addison, Evan Bouchard. Fuck, Mary kill. Who are you uh, Who are you rostering? Who are you cutting? And who are you putting on your watch list? Maybe that's the fuck, Mary kill for, for fantasy. And what watch list is killing? I don't know. It's too complicated. Just rank these guys, I guess. It's so much more easy. For this year, for right now, I guess it's probably... Jesus, I might put Montour at the top. The only thing is, like, you don't think that they're going to continue to keep two defensemen on the top power play. Yeah. So at some point in time, that shit's going to go away. Um, he is still a very good player, especially at, uh, um, you know, five on five. So I do really like him, but it, that's that's really hard because I, I don't want to. I'm definitely not dropping Brandon Montour right now. I'm trying to. I would be trying to pick him up right now. Yeah. I'm with you. Like I like Brandon Montour probably ahead of Kalen Addison at this point. Uh, that you know, in Minnesota they're changing everything. They're throwing the lines in a blender. You know, things aren't working, so they have no reason to keep things the way they are. So it might you know, Montour feels like he has an expiration date on that top power play. And I might say the same thing about Addison at this point too. You know, like, things aren't working. They're gonna change things up. So I wonder if Spurgeon is somebody that's under the radar. Probably not. He's probably still pretty owned. But I think right now I might have Montour ahead of um, of Addison and Bouchard. Yeah, it would be Montour, Addison, pretty close behind, and then Bouchard. There's a gap there. It's not a huge gap, but there's a gap. Uh, L.A. L.A., man, there's a lot uh, to like here. Gabriel Velarde, 5% rostered. There are four players in L.A. that have four points through three games. Velarde's one of them. 
and he's on the top power play unit. He's getting more power play time on ice than Arvidsson. Uh, and I even went to go, go check shift charts because I didn't know if it was like, you know, a long change or Arvidsson got hurt or something. But Velarde is for sure, as of the last game, on the top power play unit. And he looks like he's earning it. Kopitar, Kempe, I follow, actually, uh, the other players that have four points through three games. So I think I think Velarde is worth either like a spot start or a speculative ad. 100% worth a spot in your watch list. Um, I don't know what you read here. I do like Gabe Velarde. Uh, your boy Adrian Kempe has also been playing pretty well. That's right. Um, I'm a little upset that uh, Philip Dano has not been producing early in the season when people around him are. Um, but that that top line is looking good. And honestly, you know who else is looking good? Quentin Byfield is actually making smart passes out there, which is which was one of his problems early in his career. Was he would just make bad choices out on the ice. Um, so I'm seeing him make some better choices, and that is helped probably by having Gabe Velarde on that line with him. I'm interested. I went to go pick him up today. He just wasn't there. Who, Velarde? Yeah, it was either Matt, EC, or uh, Timmy uh, who picked him up already. Picked him up yesterday morning. So, I mean, Bummer. what about Ayafalo? He's super. He was also added. He was he was on a roster. I think Hook and Scramble had him in, in tier Damn, one. he's only 8% owned. Yeah, tier one is ruthless. All right, Minnesota. I wanted to talk about Addison. Minnesota as a whole, it looks bad, real bad. And Addison, he was one of the hottest preseason ads leading up to the puck drop. No shots on goal, no hits, one block. He got in a power play assist. It is a primary, so they're, you know, whatever. Uh, it's getting close, but I think they're playing the worst hockey they've played in a long time. So I'm giving them a lot of, a little more leash just until we see Minnesota like start to look normal. Matt Boldy is good, so that's a trend I wanted. I to fucking play. love Matt Boldy. Hell yeah! I mean, you ain't getting him. He's like eighty something percent owned. I'm pretty sure if he's not, he should be. Um, but dude, he ain't having problems getting points. He got what four points in two games? Yes, sir. Looks fantastic. He's so good. Yeah, he looks solid. They're just gonna change the name to the Minnesota Capra Boldies. Uh, Montreal is top line or bust. It is Nick Suzuki, it's Cole Caulfield, and that's really it if you're looking for points. But there's this kid, Arbor Jekai, uh, at 3%. Uh, and I shouldn't have said that because there were folks in the Discord who wanted to hear how you would pronounce this name. Give it a shot. How would you, how would you have pronounced it? How would I? Well, I, would have, I probably would have said Chekaj. Like, I probably would have put an Aj on that AJ at the end. And obviously, you're saying I'm, I would have been wrong, but I think that would have been a good guess. I I think he's Albanian. I think Chekaj would have been a good guess. It's it's close, yeah. So apparently, it's Jekai. Um, so and that, you know, for people who are like desperately, maybe never seen his name, it starts with an X. X H E K A G K A J. Because like Slevkovsky on the same team, his name is Yuraj, is it not? Your eye. It is your eye. Okay, so yeah. that's just how... So I've just been pronouncing those wrong. I could have sworn it, that it was like a zh, But okay. Fair enough. Your oh, He's banging. He's banging up a storm. 13 hits, 7 blocks, 4 shots on goal, 1 assist, 4 penalty minutes. That's through 2 games? Is that right? Is it 2 games or 3 games for Montreal? 3. They played okay. 3 games. Yeah, and Jacques's got the... Uh, He's got some stats, man. And this is a kid, like, if you're in a banger league, your defense is kind of busted, 
Uh, you know, Arbor Zhekai is somebody to look at. I think Alexander Romanov, like he's sliding right into Romanov's spot. And what we'll find later on when we get to the New York Islanders is fucking Romanov is banging up a storm too. So there are some lowly owned Arbor Zhekai at 3% and uh, Alexander Romanov at 13%. These guys are putting up putting up stats, man. It's impressive. And Zhekai's got, uh, he's only got 14 minutes time on ice, so I might lean Romanov at this point. But we'll get there when we get there. But Arbor Zhekai, uh, undrafted 21-year-old who turned a camp invite into a three-year entry-level contract, just looking like a banger. Stepping right in for Romanov. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else worth talking about here? Jake Allen's trending in the right direction, but uh, you know, a new baby at home, things might um, things might change. Going to be getting less sleep, that's for sure. That is for sure. All right, Nashville Tovanen. Uh, he's got five hits, nine blocks, uh, a goal, and two assists, and he is getting less than fifteen minutes time on ice. So that's weird. But uh, you know, he's he's going to be our streamer favorite whenever we're talking about uh, Nashville for sure. Yeah, I like Tovanen. So much better than Michael Granlin, too. I don't know. Golvan or uh, Granlin's doing stuff. He's on my roster, and I haven't been able to drop. I'm not him saying yet. he's not. I, I have Granlin down here. I mean, he's 23. percent He's getting almost 20 minutes time on ice. Um, he's banging out there. He's got three assists, one of which is on the power play, um, and he's on that top power play. I just think that Tolvan is is a he's a sniper. He's a sniper. He, he's he's going to get points, and he actually has fucking stats, too. Man's got nine blocks and five hits. Like, nine blocks, and then he's doing it with 14 and a half minutes time on ice, which is right around what he's always gotten his entire career, anywhere between 13 and 14 minutes. Um, I would love to see what Golvanen could do with that kind of time on ice. He uh, most recently was inside the top six, so he's definitely somebody to, to monitor, but he is floating in that, like, 14 and a half minute range which is just it's kind of ugly nobody wants that uh, but the shots you know they're in there and he's blocking a lot more than a forward like should five blocks in his in his last game weird nothing much else going on in nashville N- new jersey there's movement all over the place they are they're not happy uh they're not happy with lindy ruff who might be the first coach fired this year um they have andrew Burnett right behind him but what they're doing is they're throwing the lines through a blender every single game, trying to get something going with no continuity, no familiarity with the lines. And, you know, Brat's all over the place. Holtz is all over the place. Most recently, Holtz is back on the top line. And, you know, quote unquote, line two with Hughes on it has Brat and Sh- Sharangovich. I know it's Sharangovich, but Sharangovich is so much more fun to say. Do you have anything on Jersey here? I am. I'm kind of worried about New Jersey. I like I had all of these high expectations for them and they're not proven it at at least right away. So yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit worried. I've been worried about things in the past and I've been, I've been wrong. So I'm hoping that they are what I thought they were going to be, which is going to be an offensive powerhouse. Cause well, honestly, I hate New Jersey. So part of me is happy that they haven't put it together, but yeah, uh, I'm keeping some of those guys on, on watch list and Sharon Govich would definitely be one of them. However, Dawson Mercer, I think, would be somebody who I, I, I really think that Dawson Mercer going to work out just fine. So that's not one I would be willing to drop. Yeah, in terms of uh, streaming options, like, you know, Andre Plot, I never really bought into it. Like, he was a 55-point guy 
with Tampa and now he's here in New Jersey and it's just, I don't know if it's clicking yet. So uh, I'm watching out for that one. He sure is going to bring something new to the game, uh, you know, just getting into the swing of things. But I think Mercer might be my favorite streamer here than Sharon Govich and Holtz. What I don't like about those last two, uh, Sharon Govich under 14 minutes, time on ice, Holtz under 12. Time on ice is just really hard to, to stream, confidently at least. All right, buddy. New York Islanders. This is what uh, I was going to get to Alexander Romanov. We got to that a little bit. He's 13% rostered. Uh, through two games, he's got six hits, 14 blocks, seven blocks a game. His average time on ice is close to 21 minutes. I'm very interested in that. Very, very interested in Romanov and Banger Leagues. And I, I noticed that Oliver Wallstrom just straight up not getting any respect from Brad Lambert the way we were hoping that maybe, uh, you know, things would change for him. Mean shit for time on ice. No, it's under 10 minutes, so it's it's fucking brutal. But yeah, they just they just had a really big game. There's a couple guys you got here that uh, are definitely worth checking out. Number one is is Anders Lee. Uh, I think that that is a slam dunk. It's still going to be top line, top power play, only 26% owned. And the whole thing is, I think, you know, I, he's going to be more of a consistent player than that of Robin Sallow, who scored two goals last game in that seven-goal game. That seven goal game. They're not going to continue to score seven goals again. That just ain't going to happen. You were you were wildly surprised when I told you that the other day. Yeah, I didn't expect seven goals and the New York Islanders to be in the same sentence. Still, Anders Lee is going to continue to to score points. So, you know, I and I know he got hurt last year, and that definitely put a damper on his season and put a damper on him getting drafted this year. Because I I had him, you know, going into last season as one of you know a top 20 left winger and obviously with getting hurt that didn't happen this year i think he went under the radar and he is definitely ready for a pickup right now what is nice about wallstrom and he only played one game i can't remember if i said two but i have two games here in my notes he only played one he does have a goal and an assist in that one game so he's giving lambert reasons to to start playing him so we can hope that uh you know, with his performance, he might see more time on ice as the things, as the games go on. Uh, the New York Rangers, nothing really to report. I mean, the the big guys are doing what they should be doing, and um, I just heard that Kravtsov is skating on his own. So maybe things like that start to come back uh, in terms of streamers. Uh, Lafreniere is, you know, right around fifty percent. Our guy Keandre Miller, right around fifty percent. Then it drops off, and it's like Kako, Heedle, Gaudreau, Reeves, Kravtsov. So it's it's really it's just the big guys doing what they need to and the big guys you know shouldering a lot of the uh a lot of the load there but the fact that you know you do have a trocheck that's available in a third of leagues Ugh. you do have a lafreniere who's available in half of leagues uh, that that's not a good look and and trocheck is is viable in any sort of in any sort of format so for him to be you know only 66% rostered is surprising it's disrespectful. That's what it is. All right, moving on to Ottawa as we hit the 45-minute uh, mark here. Ottawa's starting to settle in. Like, DeBrincat's thriving. Giroux, you know, he got his first goal, so, you know, things are starting to happen for him. Uh, but what's interesting, and I think the trend that we sh- like should be talking about, is uh, Tim Stutzla on the top line. Doesn't have any stats through two games right now outside of, like, hits, blocks, face-offs, and shots. But what's interesting is he's getting that top line deployment with the and Kachuk or not to sorry, uh, 
Batherson, Batherson and Kachuk. So, you know, Timmy Stude's getting those minutes and, um, I don't know, Drake Batherson's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, looking like a really good steal. He honestly, like when I was watching those games, he looks really strong, very good player. And you know, Brady's doing Brady's doing Brady stuff. So I guess like that talking point here, like a story would be that um, Jake Sanderson is getting legit time on ice. I think we had a mailbag question last week that was like Jake Anderson or Jake Sanderson or a bunch of um, or a bunch of other D. And just starting to see Jake Sanderson's time on ice, like I'm, I'm starting to, starting to get interested. I think 49% where he is rostered right now, I think that's too high. And I'd rather have you know Romanov if I'm looking for bangs, or uh, Addison or Montour if I'm looking for points. So I'm still like on the fence about Jake Anderson, Jake Sanderson. I'm starting to tune in because those minutes, 21 and a half minutes, that's impossible to ignore. He's power play too. What's your take in Ottawa? Um, I think that a lot of people, including me in some of the leagues, got lucky with, with Drake Bat- Batherson. Yeah. Everybody was worried about the on the ice, or not worried about the on the ice, but everybody was worried about the off the ice. That didn't exactly come to fruition like it could have, so it definitely worked out in the best possible way for, you know, for D-Bath. Uh, but he was, you know, when was he getting drafted on average? I, as I recall, like you know, it round. was... It was, you know, it was double-digit rounds. I put it at 11 or 12 was my guess. Um, but, man, that's looking like it's going to be a steal for the draft. Yeah. Uh, if everything remains as it is, that's, um, you know, I think it's still unresolved. But he's playing like a man possessed. So, uh, good on you guys. In Philly, man, Eagles are undefeated. Flyers are undefeated. The Phillies are doing well. The Phillies aren't just doing the w- well. The Phillies are in the fucking NLCS, dude. Yeah. Doing well. Philadelphia sports fans right now are the absolute apex predator on the entire surface of the planet. Fuck you yeah. don't don't mess with them. But Philly, I don't know what's going on. It's a Konechny revenge tour. It's a Provorov revenge tour. Provorov stats through two games are staggering. Like they're they're right up there with Romanov and and Arbor Zekaj. Jackai, nine hits, 11 blocks through See, two games. See, now I fucked you up, huh? You did. Uh, 60% rostered for Provorov. Like, if he's out there, I'm very interested in him. He's got three assists to go along with nine shots on goal through these two games played. Very, very interesting. Like the, I feel like the same thing I said about Minnesota is true of Philadelphia. Like, Minnesota's not playing good, and they should be. And Philly is playing good, and they shouldn't be. So I don't know what to make of it. Tony D., Crazy time on ice inside the top five for D on time on ice. He's got a goal to assist, two power play points, six blocks. It's plus four if you care about that. Um, Konechny, available in two-thirds of leagues, four points through two games, three hits, two blocks, six shots. Kevin Hayes also doing it for, uh, you know, has three assists in those two games. It's still going to take a lot of shots. Um, is up over 20 minutes time on ice to uh, 20 and a half minutes. Uh, I like that too, but that that's also going to be one of those where it's pretty much just for points. That's a point league ad right there. I think the like I left him out of here just because I don't buy in to Philadelphia just yet. Like I, I wanted to use the marquee players because I feel like there's more stability there. Where Kevin Hayes, yes, he has three assists. I just don't know if they're as sustainable as the rest of the stats. Like I don't think anybody's going point per game out of this team where we have. Mm-mm. three players that are above point per game or at point per game. Actually, we, you know, 
Kevin Hayes is above point per game. James Van Riemsdyk is above point per game. Morgan Frost has two goals. There are more point per game players than there should be off this team. So, you know, they're they're fun for a stream, but I'd have a very short leash with any of these guys. I'd be ready to drop them after, you know, three or four games of of poor play. Maybe not Tony D or Pro Rob at this point, but Konechny, if you know, if he goes dry for three, four games, it's it's back to the waiver wire with you. Uh, Pittsburgh, man. This is another team that's like feast or famine if you're on the top power play. But what I'm looking at is uh, five shots on goal per game from Rickard Rackle, which is looking Ricky really good. Racks. Yeah, buddy. Dude, how, how can you not like five shots on goal? I mean, and he does have a goal, so it's not like he just has five shots on goal. And he's, he's plus five. Like, if, you know, if you don't care about plus minus, just the fact that he's plus five through two games, he's on the ice for goals. So, like, things mm-hmm. are going to start to happen. So I'm right there. Like I'm into it, but five, five shots on goal per game. Time on ice is like 16 and a half minutes. I think he's definitely somebody to keep tabs on left wing, right wing, 43% him and uh, Jeff Petrie. Jeff Petrie is only available in 31% of leagues, but the, the periphery is there. He's got a power. Uh, is it power play? No. So he's got an assist so far, but seven blocks, seven hits through two games. That's what Jeff Petrie is going to give you. San Jose, baby. One of the trends that I've noticed is uh, this almost like Pong-like game going on between Luke Kunin and Kevin LeBanc on Power Play 1. Maybe it's like a, a tandem for Power Play 1. I don't know. But Kunin's back on Power Play 1. You know, next game, it'll probably be Kevin LeBanc again. But that's what I've been noticing out of San Jose. I'm, I'm For now, at least, I'm still done with Kevin LeBanc. I, I, can't, I can't be on a LeBanc train. I'm more into Tomas Hurdle. Now, he is, you know, decently highly owned, uh, 66%. But still, um, anyone that has access to Timo Meyer uh, is worth a look. And not only would that be a great stack play if you do have Timo Meyer, but it would also be a good defensive stack because this year they've been tied to the hip. 19 shots on goal for Timo Meyer through four games. Insanity. Like, and 12 hits, too. So. He's doing the he's doing the Timo Meyer stuff just without the points so far. Uh, points will come, I think. Seattle, getting close to the end here. There's a lot actually happening, uh, which is weird. You know, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Justin Schultz, Jared McCann, Jaden Schwartz, Ali BJ, all doing stuff. Oliver Bjorkstrand averaging five shots on goal per game. Let's talk about some of these guys and and in what order you would. And I guess there's Andre Burkowski too, your guy. So there's yeah. there's plenty to like say, here I was, in I Seattle. I was waiting for you. I forgot he was there. There's just there's so much going on. You didn't say Matty Benier either. Matty Benier is four points through three games. He's 51% rostered. He is on the rise. So it might be like it's getting close to last call for Matty Benier's here. Good. Uh, we did have a question from somebody on Twitter. They wanted to know if we like Justin Schultz or Kalen Addison uh, rest of season. So he is in a particular kind of league. He's got 22 ads for the rest of the season. And he wants to burn one uh, potentially on Justin Schultz. I think he has Kalen Addison right now uh, and was curious about whether or not the swap to Justin Schultz would be wise. Uh, I think there's stability with Justin Schultz. Like he's... You know, Vince Dunn, they've been there, done that, tried that, whatever. Uh, They're not into it. So Justin Schultz probably going to be your power play one QB throughout the entire season, whereas Kane Addison has two backup plans behind him, Matt Dumba, Jared Spurgeon. Uh, To say that he's going to be power play one for the entire season, to me, that's there's less of a chance of that. It's a stretch at the very least. It is. So I I don't know. There's, There's a little bit to be had there with Justin Schultz. But again, we're going back to the 
to the rankings here. We were talking about Kalen Addison or Brandon Montour. I put Justin Schultz high on these rankings, though. Do you? Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be the presumed, you know, auto number one power play option in, you know, on that team. I think he is going to continue to get the top power. Well, not the number one option on that team for the power play, but he'll be the power play quarterback is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you about that, and I think that's saying something. I want somebody who I know is going to be on the power play. That's why I like Shane Goss's pair so much. Because you know that Shane Gosper is going to be on that power play. I, I really do. I think that Justin Schultz is going to continue to be on this power play. Mm-hmm. And they're clicking right now. There is actual, you know, some firepower on that power play. And what's nice is he's not entirely worthless for periphery. Like, he's averaging two shots a game. He's got two hits through three games, four blocks through three games. So he'll be contributing a little bit to those categories where Addison has yet to have a shot on net. So I don't know at this stage of the game with only two and three games worth of data on uh, Addison and Schultz, I might lean Schultz. But again, that's based on a collective five games worth of play. Uh, the ceiling is way higher for Kalen Addison. If things start to click right for him, he does have that offensive flair, but Justin Schultz has the stability. So with 22 ads through the rest of the season, I think I might be leaning stability versus ceiling uh, because Addison might be, you know, two weeks from now, if he if he loses that top power play, he's worthless. Whereas Justin Schultz, the stability in that top power play, I think is something that I might, I like that a little bit more than the ceiling. Like gambling on a ceiling versus guaranteed average stats. I might take average stats, guaranteed. Okay, St. Louis, they, uh, they're doing a 50-50 power play. Yep, so that's not cool. You had something on Jake Neighbors. What? All I... <laughs> So who the fuck are you, Jake Neighbors? And why and 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 why do you intrigue me? I, I like this third line. I like the third line. I'm not gonna lie. So do you think St. Louis has a uh, top nine again? I you know it's it's kind of looking like they do. I mean, let's just go through their top nine. You got Buchnevich, yes. Robert Thomas, yes. Tarasenko, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brandon Saad. Uh, a top, yeah. Uh, but but top nine, I'll give you Brandon Sod in the top nine. In a top nine, yeah, he should be in the middle six versus the top line now. Yes, which he is in the middle six technically. But Ryan O'Reilly, yes. Jordan Carew, absolutely. Ivan Barbashev, yes. Braden Shen, yes. Jake Neighbors, don't don't. You're interesting. He's a first round pick from uh, 2020. He's a high offensive upside prospect that uh, is getting a getting a look in the show and he's he's what he already got a goal yeah he's already he's already helping produce a little bit so have at it man but um but yeah it it really comes down to the fact that i do actually like that third line i think barbashev is a good player um brayden shen isn't exactly what he used to be years and years back but he's still gonna bang out there he still can produce points but yeah jake nevers i'm i'm okay with it the only thing is his one goal came from his one shot on goal. He's got four hits and it's only one game. I hopefully his minutes go up. He's he's right in that like 13 13 range, 13 and a half. 13 and a half. Yeah, 13 and a half, which is hey, for a third line guy, I, I don't know what more you really expect as far as time on ice. Yeah. Especially from a, you know, a first a rookie. It's just he, he's a rookie. So we're moving on to Tampa now where Brandon Hagel, Nick Paul, Alex Killorn are the top six streamers. 
But Vlad Mestikov has been practicing on the top power play unit, which is super interesting because, you know, we're going back to that Andre Palat versus Alex Kalorn argument. Do you want the guy with the with the even strength deployment or do you want the guy with the power play deployment? And the way that it's been in Tampa is that they're getting the work done on the power play. So Nemestikov does have, uh, you know, a high likelihood of getting on, in on some of that. If he sticks, I think he's worth like a one game ad. You know, nobody, nobody's going to hate the ceiling of, of a top power play guy in Tampa. Um, but where would you, where would you fall? Like Brandon Hagel power play two, Alex Kalorn power play two. Um, but there are even strength lines like Nick Paul's on line two, Brandon Hagel on line one with point and Kucherov. And Kalorn is the other piece on line two with Steven Stamkos, who's red hot right now. Brandon Hagel, Nick Paul, Alex Kalorn, Vlad Nemestikov. Who, how do you rank it? Okay, uh, so it would go probably Nick Paul, Alex Kalorn, Vlad Nemestikov, Brandon Hagel. Interesting. And that's only because of what I've seen of Brandon Hagel, who I had such high expectations for coming over from Chicago, and it just hasn't exactly clicked. And it just it seems like to be that every game he's getting great deployment. However, Nick Paul took the fucking bull by the horns at the end of last year and proved, you know, who he is. And he surprised he surprised me because he proved that he was nothing that I thought he was. And I think that he he surprised a lot of people in Tampa Bay, everyone except for their GM, who obviously knows a lot more than I do. Our rankings are very different. I still, and I hate to say it, I still have Kalorn at the top. The time on ice is just so much different than Nemestikov's. Uh, 19 minutes for Kalorn, 11 minutes for Nemestikov. But I have Nemestikov at number two. He's tied with Kalorn in points. Do despite, you at least have Nick Paul at number three? I do have Nick Paul at number three. But, you know, he's kind of like tied with Brandon Hagel. Uh, Nick Paul, again, is getting more time on ice, probably due to, I think he's on the penalty kill as well. But he's going to bring periphery. And I think Brandon Hagel, I think there's a lot of untapped potential that he has uh, that we haven't seen yet. So I'm excited to see him just recalled Nick Perbix, who's somebody to look out for. That's like their best D prospect. So keep an eye on Perbix. Nick Paul is a fucking worker, though. He is a worker be that man. He is out there putting in mint. Like when he's out there, he working his ass off. Watch those games. He is in there on the forecheck. He's in there on the like he is everywhere. And that's and that's why he is going to continue to get more and more time on ice. So Toronto uh, has Nick Robertson in the lineup. Nicky Bobby's up there. He is going to be the second line left wing. We don't know what's going on with Nylander. He's questionable. So, uh, you know, again, game time decision. Games haven't happened yet because we're recording before the games. But, uh, yeah, I'm interested. I'm watching Nick Robertson. I think I'm going to watch that Minnesota game. But, uh, you know, I'll be flipping back and forth from the Toronto Arizona game, which should just be a slaughter. Really should. It should. So what do you think about Denny Morgan? What do you think about Denny Morgan? I don't know. I don't think about Dennis Morgan. I don't think a lot of people do, but it's probably going to burn it's me. It's still worth pointing out that he's on the second line with John Tavares, who also is playing very well at the very beginning of the season. Tavares looking good. Through three games, he has two shots. He has a hit a game. He's got a goal and he's inside the top six, but he's got 12 minutes time on ice. So like they don't care. They're probably double shifting Marner. He's, he's going to get skipped over quite a bit tonight. I would probably think that he's going to, he's going to find some way into like, I don't think they're double shifting Marner against Arizona. They're probably, you know, 
conserving their and minutes. that bottom six that bottom six has some good fucking players they're not you know good players but some decent fucking players and they're just quiet just <clears throat> quiet on the fucking western front man yeah kerfoot doing damn near nothing callie yarn like used to love callie yarn you remember those days oh yeah that was fun. He was in Nashville. I picked him in DFS one time. He won me $87. So I was I was pretty stoked on it. And I, that's why I like him. I don't know. David Kampf had a goal the other day. Blah. So I don't know. There was like random. Yeah, random. It's so random in the bottom six. So I'm with you there. All right. Now we can move on to Vancouver where they are lining up. There are three strong players, Miller, Horvat, Pedersen down the middle. I don't know which one to call line two, line three. Right now it's Pakholzin, Miller, Garland as your top line. Pearson, Horvat, Besser on paper as line two. Kuzmenko, Patterson, Mikiev, Mishiev as uh, that's your full top nine. So I'm going to watch the time and ice. I don't believe that there is a line two here. I think there's two line twos. And the power play saw shake up during the Philadelphia game. Kuzmenko made a really bad play that led to Scott Lawton's um, shorthanded goal. So Besser took his spot on power play one. But then most recently, there was a tweet um, that showed Besser practicing on the that Kuzmenko is back on power play one yeah. well it didn't say that what it said was Besser's back on power play two so I'm assuming that means Kuzmenko's back on power play one that because that just makes sense you have to be aware that you know a young player is gonna make fucking mistakes now I'm not saying that that player shouldn't have you know be reprimanded in some way and I think that doing the in-game change where you can pull someone aside and say, this is what's going to fucking happen, like, be aware, it is real. But at the same time, there's going to be growing pains. So I'll keep an eye on it. I think Mishiev is worth a look right now. Like the kuzmenko Pedersen mishiev line is going to be, that's going to be a good line. So I think he could, he could provide some value. In Vegas, they started to settle into their line combos, but, um, you know, I, I said it before, you know, you see William Carlson and John Marchessault on line three, and that gives me the vibes that they're going to start rolling lines. And if you look at it, like Eichel, his average time on ice is 16 minutes, 18 seconds. Marchessault, who's on line three, is 15.32. So there's like a 40, what's that, 46 second difference between line three and line one. The rolling lines and the rolling power plays, 50-50 power play. I did not expect this out of Bruce Cassidy, but I guess he's he's playing with the hand he's dealt. And uh, this is how he sees fit for me. Stack the top six, stack the top power play. It's good for fantasy, and it works on the ice. I don't know. I'm fucking pissed. Hopefully they lose a bunch of games and they have to change something, you know? Fuck it. They're, they are 3-0. and all. I, I still don't like them, but they yeah. are 3-0. and all. Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson especially, looking really strong. Really good... Uh, Really good showings from everybody there. In Washington, they are changing things up. Things will continue to change because Evgeny Kuznetsov will probably come back pretty soon. But right now, Dylan Strom is your line one center. It was like that uh, while Kuznetsov was still in the lineup. Uh, So Strom versus Mantha. Who's the better own? Dylan Strom, line one, power play one. Dylan, uh, geez, I almost said Dylan Mantha, but Anthony Mantha. Uh, Tony Manns was on power play two, line two. I think it's easy. It's got to be Dylan Strom here. Agreed. Yep. Dylan Strom. Yeah. Answer. Although, Connor Brown, who I thought was going to be, you know, doing fucking something, is doing fucking nothing. He's pissing me off. As he should. Piss me off something nasty. It's pissing me off that TJ Oshie's doing stuff because I don't like him. 
He's got three points. You don't like TJ. That is true. You don't like him. Three points over two shots a game through three games. He's only 39% roster. He's got six hits. So, like, the stats are good. Uh, you got to stream TJ Oshian, even though I hate like his full season. I don't know what it's going to be. His full season is going to be an average TJ Oshie season, which is bullshit. But he, he's on his shit right now. So go check it out. Hurts to say that. Uh, Winnipeg. Garnet Hathaway still getting the bangs, too, from that fourth line spot. And our guy, you know, Marty Fevs is like the, I think he's like leading the league in hits at this point. So he's worth a stream always. So let's talk about these bangers. You got uh, Marty Fevs, Alexander Romanov, and Arbor Jackai. How do you rank these three? Say those three again. Marty Fevs, Marty Faravari, uh, Alexander Romanov, and Arbor Jackai. Romanov, Fevs, Jackai. Same. Yeah, I'm right there with you. All right, that's a uh, that's a relief. Our last team is Winnipeg. That doesn't happen often. I thought I was going to be the hot take putting Romanov first, but uh, you agreed with me, so it must not be. You know, if two people agree, two out of two, it's not a hot take, right? I've always been high on Romanov, though, so I don't think that should have been that much of a surprise. I know there's just so much loyalty for us and Marty Febs. Winnipeg. I have nothing to talk about. Like, there's things are happening. Nikolai Euler's still on the top power play. Blake Wheeler down to power play two. Josh Morrissey is on the top power play and and he's doing his bang stuff and they only have one game. So it's, it's hard to trend it out, but you know, through one game, nothing really jumped out to me as, as surprising or anything. I guess Shifley had fucking seven shots, which was nutsy and two goals, but um, you know, he's, he's off to a good start. But Shifley is somebody who you're going to expect things from, you know, Wheeler is somebody who, well, I guess you'll say that you're going to expect things from, um, your boy, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I, I, you, you put him down on here and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I can just, it's hard for me to get behind him. I know he had a decent season last year and he, it's like he has all this fucking upside in the world. Like he really does. Yeah. On top of the fact that he's fucking big as shit. Like this is true. He has he's all large. the upside. Six foot two, 200 pounds. Pretty big kid. 215 pounds. But still, he's, I don't know. Uh, he, he generally has, you know, he, he doesn't, he's not great on faceoffs. Um, he's going to get you some hits. I feel like he should get more hits than what he does. Um, you know, in one game this year so far, he has three of them, but that's not, you know, a normal thing for him to have three hits in a game. Yeah. He's like 1.5 usually, but who knows? I really have to see it. I, I can't. I've been waiting for PLD to to break out, quote unquote, for a long fucking time. So games are starting to happen. We're getting pregame rushes and whatnot. It looks like Nylander's in, and it looks like Nikki Bobby is not, which is tough. Shit happens. Yep. So we're gonna have to wait on Nikki Bobby for a little bit. Uh, the top six is Bunting, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, Malgin. So Malgin's in there. Nikki Bobby is not. Um, I was just going to say something. What was I going to say? It was about, I think it was about PLD. It was about PLD? I, I don't know. Like he, he was supposed to be the top line center, you know, 15 minutes for him, 20 minutes for Shifley. Shifley's your number one center. Come on. Um, but that's it. That's, that's our 32 team roundup of trends and whatnot. <sighs> we have the fantasy hockey mailbag coming out, uh, on Thursday. So if you got any questions, we already got a few, um, you know, get them in, in the Discord if you like to, or DM us on Twitter, add us on Twitter, whatever you want, at uh, FHF Hockey. And I got one question for you, Zach. Would you rather have a cheesesteak cheesecake or a cheesecake cheesesteak? 
um, a cheesecake cheesesteak. Really? Yeah, because I think that uh, I think that flavor could at least go better in a cheesesteak, as opposed, you know, putting the sweet into the savory, as opposed to putting the savory into a sweet dessert. Something to think about. I think, yeah, I would probably have a cheesecake cheesesteak better. Because at least that's still a type of cheese and you could mix it with some other cheeses. If cream cheese was just one of, if cream cheese was one of the cheeses you used in your cheesesteak, it wouldn't be so bad. It wouldn't be. So what about fucking cheesesteak meat into a, into a cheesecake sounds just fucking awful. What about like a quiche though with cheesesteak meat? And like I cheddar. fucking hate quiches, so it doesn't matter what Do you kind really? of quiche. The fuck's the I cannot you? stand quiche. It Ugh. is, it is fucking just. You're just putting scrambled eggs in in a in a pie tin. The fuck. There's sour cream in it. There's cream in it. Like it's it's a, it doesn't suck. Ew, ew. The only type of eggs I like are dippy eggs. There's 118 different ways to make a an egg. I like dippy eggs. They're the best. Dippy way. eggs are good. They are top They're the tier. best way. I can dip my fucking toast in there. I cut like off poached, some of the white part. Poached omelet, scrambled. Baked. I have a problem with poached eggs because I have no lie made thousands of fucking eggs oh, yeah. Benedict. So if I never do, if I never do another poached egg in my entire life, it'll be too fucking soon. All right, guys, that's it for us. Food for thought, thoughts for food. And uh, we'll catch you next time for Thursday Mailbag and our weekend preview. So keep an ear to the ground. Keep your head up. We love yous. Bye. Love yous.